0: Stand-up comedy is an art form requiring tremendous courage, quick wit and unique charm. Speaking directly to a live audience, the performance can deliver the comedian terrific euphoria or bewildering frustration as the humour lands perfectly or somehow misses the mark. It is acknowledged as the freest form of comedy writing and regarded as an extension of the person performing, who often draws on their own lived experience. Doug Chapel is a Melbourne-based comedian who draws on such experience, citing that he performs routines rather than jokes. His is a career that has provided many triumphs, much travel and a very occasional silence. He takes this all in his stride and as potential fodder for future material. He has performed in over 15 Melbourne International Comedy Festival shows, alongside some of the country's biggest names, and he is a popular choice amongst some of Australia's biggest football clubs, sportsman nights, charity events and corporate functions. Chappell has performed for our troops in Afghanistan, East Timor and the Solomon Islands. He has played cruise ships, he has worked with Indigenous communities and schools and toured with some big personalities all contributing to a rich palette of experiences and shaping his comic sensibilities. Chapel is currently in training for a boxing bout on August 2nd when he takes a different sort of centre stage. Pretender to Contender gives everyday people the opportunity to take centre stage and test themselves under the bright lights of Victoria's premier boxing venue, the Melbourne Pavilion. Doug joined stages to discuss the joys and bruises of the comedy stage and in the ring. Um, Can you tell me a joke?
1: I don't don't do jokes. I do routines. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's it's, it's hard to... Well, that's what my comedy is based on, just sort of stories rather than sort of jokes or... right. because I was going to ask what sort of comic would you call yourself? Are you
0: observational? Are you an insult comedian or...? Weird, Or what's your gimmick? I'd
1: say uh, observational. But m- m- more just storyline. I'll, I'll sort of talk about my life and sort of add punchlines along the way. And But you also observe what's going on in the world too. So if you see something, you'll discuss that and bring that up. Uh, but I like to bring it back. Uh, this sounds really narcissistic, but to myself and speak about myself. and uh, Because... Uh, I think- yeah, if you can personalize something. Yeah, mm. and because when I watch uh, comedy, I like to sort of for that brief moment go into that person's world, you know, so you sort of see how they see the world. So that's that's what I like to do. So
0: yeah, yeah, um, it, it just mine our own experiences and lives, and then to find something out of it. I mean, yeah. it, mothers. Yeah. I mean, let's declare first (laughs) up. Doug and I are actually second cousins. (laughs) That's right. And our mothers are hysterical. They are, absolutely. I don't think they mean to be.
1: No. One of my best routines is a true story (laughs) about my mum. And uh, I don't even change a word of it. It's absolutely true. And uh, I close on it a lot of the times. Yeah. Um, Has she heard it? Yeah, oh, I think she's heard bits of it. Uh, but you said, because a lot of my routines are bring up my mum. Because <laughs> she, yeah, she's, she's hilarious. Strange. Yeah, she's hilarious. She's great. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, well, get, can I tell you yeah, this? Because uh, this is when I, when I first started doing comedy, um, because she just didn't want me to do comedy. She just thinks I'm the unfunniest person on the planet. And, and what well, she was worried you might embarrass herself. I think so. Yeah. I think so. She's always wrote about, you know, I know it comes from a good place. So she will sort of try to talk me out of anything that I want to do, yeah. mainly because I think she thinks I'll fail, I'll fail and yeah. uh, I'll feel bad. But I started doing comedy and she goes, oh, I don't know why you're doing this comedy stuff. You're not making any money out of it and stuff. And at the time I was doing um, nightclub tours on buses.
0: Right.
1: So, you know, I was getting so up what there. Were, and, so what, not what, you were traveling,
0: entertaining guests yeah. for nightclubs yeah. between...
1: Yeah, so what That's you like do is you pick course. up, uh, they're called party buses, and right. you pick up a group of hens or, uh, you know, say 18th or, yeah, Bucks <laughs> yeah. Party, and, uh, and they'd go to different clubs and you'd do sort of comedy on the way there and on the way back, and that was probably my first regular paying gig. So she was saying, oh, you know, oh you're know, not getting any money, you're stupid for doing this for, for no money, and I said, oh, well, I'm getting paid now, you know, she goes, what do you mean getting paid? I said, I'm doing comedy on the buses. She goes, people think you're a bloody idiot. If you get on my bus and start telling jokes, I'll tell you to piss off. I, I said, I'm like jumping on the uh, 220 to sunshine, just talking jokes, put my hand out for money. Yeah, it's an it's entertainment okay. bus. <laughs> she goes, oh, you're a bloody idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. That's hysterical. Um, do you get that
0: often? You know, tell us a joke. Just like a comedian. All the time, yeah. Oh. Um, when I started uh, performing and acting, uh, I'd get that from dad's mates as well. You know. Well, you'd go to the pub and you'd be given a raspberry to sit in the corner, but <laughs> then eventually come over and tell us some jokes. So eventually I worked it out and you fired back, no, you build me a cabinet, Yeah. you sell me some insurance. You but, do my taxation. That's right. That's exactly so what it's thing. like. It's your yeah. job, isn't
1: it? I probably should get a couple of little short jokes so when people do ask, so I can say it. But it's... Hit, hit, hit back at them.
0: Mm. Um, so, yeah, so you're the first family member I've ever had on this podcast. Oh, really? Probably because, you know, you're, you're talented. <laughs> <laughs> all, the other, all the other relatives <laughs> are not. I assume you're good. I mean, have you heard this podcast? No. Oh, it's all right. I've never seen you before. <laughs> so, so we're even... I did vote for you, but... You want? I did vote for you. Really. Oh, did you? Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. Can I vote for you at some point? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, yes, no, well, I'll, I'll eventually catch you one day because, um, again, through your mum and uh, various relatives and the odd YouTube clip. Yep. I have seen you, but there's nothing like live performance, so mm. is there? So, no, no, absolutely.
1: To capture the essence. What makes you laugh?
0: What um, makes you laugh personally?
1: I don't know. I, I like sort of silly stuff, unexpected stuff. You know what? What I love the most, I, I, I just love those sort of adult cartoon, like Family Guy and Married oh, yeah. and Dad, and you know Simpsons. I still watch. You know, so that sense of the Rick and Morty abs- absurd, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and, and this this, sounds, this probably sounds mean, but I love watching comedians die. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, you know. to fail? Oh well, I don't want them to. <laughs> yeah. But because I, you know, every comedian—that's how you learn. You get better from from doing bad gigs, so you uh, improve. Yes, I'm
0: sure you can learn, can't you? Yeah. More from a bad, as much from a bad gig as a good gig.
1: Yeah. Probably more, because yeah. when you have a good gig, people laugh at anything you say. When you have a bad gig, you really have to sort of look inside yourself and say, you know, is that joke really up to it? And and find other ways to, to make people laugh, um, because every every crowd's different. And especially as you start progressing through your career, you'll do different rooms, you do, I was talking about this uh, just before to a, um, a newer comic. I'm doing some gigs for Mental Health Week. And uh, when you're doing a gig at a comedy club, everyone's there to see comedy and stuff like that. And I learnt this sort of the hard way when I first started doing gigs for different organisations, especially for, um, you know, charities and, you know, sort of different times of the year where there's, you know, pretty sort of... The topic's quite it's sort of heavy. Uh, I'd get up and do jokes and people are like, oh, it's almost like you make it fun of yeah. the situation. Yeah. Uh, but now what I do is, before you do that... Because when you're at a comedy club, everyone's ready to laugh straight away. But if you go into something... Because this is for um, Mental Health Week, if you start just doing jokes straight away, everyone's... They almost feel like you're making fun of the situation, even though you've been paid yeah. and hired to do that. But uh, so what I do now is I just get up and do a talk first, and you know explain that you know um, how important the issue is, and thank people for coming out. And you know if it relates to you, you talk about it a little bit. You know if you're a sufferer of some sort of mental illness, you sort of discuss it a little bit, and then sit there and say, but you know it's not all gloom, uh, doom and gloom. And I was hired here to make you so you're up, you know, lining up a bit. So that sort of um, uh, segue into your comedy, you know, you learn those little things along the way how you can sort of um, change things. So you'll have to adapt to each crowd. Well, know the context, I suppose, and
0: each audience is different. Mm. Made it from different age groups or yeah. interests or whatever. So if you can read them, mm. uh, you know what to feed them, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you have to always um, uh, watch and keep changing uh, as you do it, you know. Um, but that's what I like about comedy because it's never the same. No, you know so it's always you know for me it's always exciting because you don't know what's going to happen
0: you can perform a favourite routine to five different audiences and have five different experiences 100% and it
1: does all the time and it's funny because I've done different routines so many times now I've done a routine that I've done you know hundreds of times and I'll do it and it won't get a laugh and you get shocked Cause yeah, if just expected. Like yeah, I actually go sit there, and go, "What just happened?" You know, I actually bring it up if it happens. I bring it up on stage. You go, did, what?" That never gets. Always gets a laugh. What happened? you know, and you just make sort of fun of it. But um, yeah, you, you do sort of. Um, uh, you, your mind will start to sort of uh, you know get ahead of yourself sometimes. But that's why I like ad living because it always keeps you fresh and you know you don't you don't become robo- robotic.
0: No. Yeah. Uh, I do have um, some favorite. Uh, you know, I know it's an ad lib and it's spontaneous, but you would have uh, several bullets that you, yeah, absolutely. that you fire regularly, I
1: guess. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So it's, it's a rehearsed ad lib. Ad lib. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just know so. when to land it. Yeah. So so who makes you laugh?
0: Who are some of your favourite comedians?
1: Uh, Richard Pryor I, I really liked, yeah. you know, and I used to watch, uh, like, his stuff. I just love Richard Pryor because he sort of spoke about sort of his life and, you know... Uh, he just made sort of uh, his his life, which was a, you know pretty sort of tragic upbringing, mm-hmm. and uh, he could see the, the lighter side of it, and you know and and make it funny, which you know really sort of uh, it, it just touched me when I first sort of saw him, and because I never really wanted to be a comedian, but when I saw Richard Pryor, I just loved that's what made me sort of like stand up. So then I started sort of watching more stand up. And uh, never thought I'd ever become a stand-up, but here I am. <laughs> what
0: about Eddie Murphy? Are you at that age yeah, absolutely. where you grew up with 100%, the, yeah. raw, the raw yeah. performance? Yeah.
1: yeah, 100% Eddie Murphy. Uh, but even even with Eddie Murphy, I, lo- I loved Eddie Murphy and stuff like that, but when I saw Richard Pryor, it related to me more, I think. Yeah. So. Um, were
0: there any Australians growing up? You know, the Paul Hogan show? or? Um,
1: yeah, yeah I, I loved the Paul Hogan show when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's funny because most of the comedians like, uh, that I liked... When I was younger, I sort of worked with, now I've worked with and, and stuff like that. So it's sort of, you, it, you don't sort of see them the same way, you know. I still like them and stuff, but you sort of, because you, you see their personality and stuff. So, you know, you sort of see how they were on stage and, yeah, it, it's not the same. No, there's a
0: stage persona, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, they have. I remember getting recordings of Kevin Bloody Wilson and
1: uh, Col Elliott. I love mm. Col Elliott. Does um, he still perform? No, yeah, I've, I've yeah. retired. Yeah, yeah, I've never, I've actually never seen live either. All right,
0: but but laughing, laughing is a, a great therapy, isn't it? It mm. releases the endorphins and one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It makes you feel so much better. Let's go back to the beginning. Where did where did you grow up? You a Melbourne boy? Yeah, Footscray, yeah. Footscray and sunshine. It's ridiculous. I, I knew that.
1: <laughs> In the western suburbs, Footscray.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, were you good at school?
1: Not, not great. No, not great at uh, high school and stuff. Got kicked out of um, year eight foot Footscray Tech. All right. And uh, failed Because you were naughty or? Yeah, yeah a little bit. Or, yeah. yeah, a little bit. What, 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 at the time.
0: Can you talk about what you, you did? That got you? Oh, what no, no, that? no. A, a, a s- series of events.
1: Yeah, a series of events. And because cause you grew up in those sort of areas, a lot of your friends are, you know, sort of. Uh, Near-do-elves. You know, yeah, they're yeah. sort of uh, doing the wrong thing. So you're with them and, you know, it becomes sort of that sort of area. Well, I guess when you know nothing
0: else, you sort of, you think that's the norm and- One hundred
1: percent, yeah, one hundred percent. So um, yeah, that was just my world, that was just normal. Everything was sort of normal. Um, but yeah, sort of, and comedy sort of changed things as well because once I started doing comedy, uh, you start sort of uh, mixing with different friends and you see life sort of a different way. And it's not that there's anything wrong with my old friends, I was still friends with a couple of them, you know. Right, right. Um, but you sort of see different life choices and stuff you know that um and like i just think i was really lucky with comedy and um and with my wife as well she she sort of because uh, she was a different type of person as well yeah. so it sort of got me away from sort of a lot of the negative sort of influences of my younger sort of uh uh-huh. days because <laughs> it
0: was quite troubled at times wasn't it yeah growing up yeah. yeah yeah so um so it's good to see that you survived all of that did you have a favorite subject at school uh
1: Drama, Dra- yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, did you uh, do school plays? Or? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I did a school play. Uh, year twelve was a lead in the school play. So, do thanks. you remember what that was? Yeah, it was called TV Ties. I played uh, because we wrote the the script as well. So the character was actually Doug, and loosely based on my life as well. <laughs> you know, again, it's it's my my uh, my loud mouth trying to put put all my ideas into the the script. But but I loved it. Yeah, drama, I loved. I believe you were,
0: would you have been, sorry, not I believe, because I don't know, would you have been the class clown?
1: Uh, in different classes, yeah. It's, it's funny, because I'm like that now. With, around different people, I'll joke a lot. Uh, same as different classes, I, I joke around, and I was definitely class clown in some classes. But other classes, I was more sort of serious. And it's like me around different people, I'm more serious. So I have those sort of two sides of me. Yeah. You know? uh, I like joking and having fun. But then there was some, pe- the, the other person I'm with sort of brings it out of me. And same as with, like, different teachers. Like, if different teachers were, like, you know, sort of really strict and you knew you couldn't sort of joke, i just sort of, you know... Focused. Yeah, yeah. yeah i sort of just go within myself and just do my own little things, you know. Would you impersonate
0: teachers or was mimicry... No. Nah, nah. Bag nah. of
1: tricks? I talk about this on stage. I think I'm terrible at um, doing impersonations and accents and voices and and stuff i can do it well. like i i play up but on stage i play up and make them make them worse than what i really am but right. um i just see people doing them so much better and i sit there and say well they, they do it so much better you know why should i <laughs> i don't want to do try and compete
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: develop your own style I yeah think, yeah
0: and what you do well uh, you've got a huge social media presence is it important to? To document uh, your professional life like that and to sort of I think build, what, build a brand or, yeah. or let your audience know your fans know what you 're up to, what you 're doing because yeah you're yeah. always on tour you're in comedy clubs, you 're mixing with other comedians, which i love I love looking at our instagrams mm-hmm. following you, but um,
1: that's important yeah, well, I think uh, I never used to um, I've got some friends like younger comic friends that they 're just massive on things like YouTube and stuff like that they're um and they sell out theaters they tour all around not just around australia around the world and just sell out theaters with you know so uh, that's younger yeah yeah right, just yeah. because of it's their generation yeah like so um you know they're, they're the first people to sort of encourage me to do more for social media and and i probably should do more than than i'm doing which I, i'm planning to sort of after you know this fight and uh another tour i do but um yeah i plan to do more because it's it's such a a great avenue to sort of reach people that without it you couldn't reach
0: yeah you know well let's uh talk about the fights mm-hmm.
1: uh cause <laughs> you're in training for a fight tell us yeah. about what the fight is okay uh well originally um there was a comedian uh Euricides Dixon who left the yeah. A show and uh, it was performing, and on the way home she got raped and murdered. So that sort of hit the comedy community uh, quite hard. Did you know her? Uh, I did, not really well. Right, did you know, you work with her all. Yeah, and ideas? I spent a Sunday like chatting to her, and um, yeah, she was a really nice person. And it's funny because I chat to so many sort of newer comics and stuff. So you you sort of. Um, uh you know you forget names and faces and and stuff like that but speaking to to her i really remembered remembered her uh just for being just a really nice person and that was probably the biggest thing i remembered about her just how sort of nice she was yeah. as, a, as a person yeah. um so yeah if something so horrible to happen to someone so nice is you know just such a horrible thing then seven months later um an israeli student was at my show uh, on the way home, she was in Bandura, like an hour after my show, and got raped and murdered. Oh no! And no. Uh, and so that that sort of hit me uh, as well because it, it brings a face to it, I guess, doesn't it? Yeah, it really personalised. And it, yeah. and what it, what it did too is uh, I know I know it sort of sounds silly, and I think some people sort of don't understand, it, but I've sort of felt uh, I know I'm not responsible or anything, but you sort of feel a little bit of um, I don't know, sort of like guilt because. The show was a sellout show. Um, they sort of turned... They turned 50 people away from the show. Uh, and I was all happy getting pictures with people at the same time. So this this was happening, you yeah. know. Like an hour after the show, I'm having fun and, you know, sitting around with my friends. Um, and this horrible thing's happening that same time. And it sort of makes you think, you know, if I finish the show a bit earlier, if, um, you know, if... Sliding doors, if... Yeah, yeah, if, you yeah, know, she, she was the one that got turned away.
0: Yes, stayed for another drink before leaving or... Yeah, yeah, you, or know, show, timing, yeah. you know, finish the show. Yeah,
1: so all those things you sort of you sort of think of. So, um, yeah, so it did sort of resonate with me for a while and I wanted to do... I was thinking about doing a comedy charity night or or something, uh, but then my son was, was having a fight and uh, then he brought it up is uh, a joke, and uh, <laughs> and the guys at the gym saying, you know, if you should get your dad dad to uh, fight as well. And I said, jokingly, because at the time I was dieting, so I lost a, I lost a bit of weight, and I said, oh, I could do that, you know. And was that a bit of ego getting at you? The, the, yeah, a little bit. You know, when yeah. people say you can't do it, oh, I, I could do that. Uh, and then they said, oh, you wouldn't do it. And I said, oh, no, I'd do it. I said, but I wouldn't do it, you know. I, I don't need to do it, you know. But then I sort of thought about it, and I said, you know, instead of doing like the odd charity night for something like that, where mainly the people you get a, you know, sort of a lot of sort of um, female comics and, you know, uh, the, the the male comics that or, you know, male friends that I know that support the cause anyway. Um, I said, if I do this boxing, you can really sort of target sort of men what we can do different you know, because it just happens too much within our society. Yeah. So I said, you know, boxing's, you know, traditionally a ruled male orientated sport, so any time people see it and post it, all the posts and you know, it's you know, them to think about their behaviours, what they can do differently and stuff. So I said it might be a really good way to bring awareness, you know, for the male side of it, rather than every time we do a charity night, you know, always sort of targeting people that already support the course yes. anyway, you know. Yeah. So So um,
0: so you're hopefully going to educate a few of those punters who are there yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Right. So, so, so. Hopefully, you know, it's uh, that's that's you know my intention. So, so is there
0: a uh, series of fights with other celebs
1: as well? No, just myself. Just yourself. Yeah, and, and you don't know who you're fighting. In. No, I don't know. So, I'm doing it for charity, but no one else is. <laughs> right. are, you, are you a bit shit scared about who's uh, going to sort of turn up to? Uh, not not really. Right. It's uh, I probably look. I might be on the nine, right. but um, I think uh, you know I boxed a lot when I was I was younger as well. But this is the hardest part now—the the training because you're sparring all the time. So you're fighting like you know, I've been fighting like nearly every night, and oh. you know, my, my body's black bruises. and blue. Yeah, so I just yeah. I almost I like, can't wait for the fight because you know it's just one more, <laughs> and then you know. But uh, after about uh, the next four days, the, the workload will taper down a bit, and I'll start to not train so hard and rest my body a bit. I've got to check fight. for your mum and your wife. You are yeah. going
0: to wear a head gear, aren't you? Projector? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Good. What what's, like at first with. Um, uh, wasn't but because the, the head, I, I'm quite honest. Probably better without a head guard, right. um, mainly because the head guard doesn't really you know protect you a lot because it's it's quite thin. But it also can get like in your eyes and yep. yeah, quite awkward to. You've got a good something. dentist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I'm actually next week. I'm going to get a new mouth guard because my mouth guard's terrible. Right. So, yeah. So what's is there a name for this spider or the cause that? Um, um the it's at the Melbourne Pavilion on the second right. of August. And second. Second of yeah, August. Yeah. 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 And right. uh, the name the name of the uh, the bill is a uh, pretender to contender.
0: Pretend to be a contender.
1: Uh, uh, pretender to contender. Right, okay, yeah. right, good. So, yeah, and the main event's are for Australian title. Yeah,
0: excellent. I'd you know. oh, say so you're the curtain raiser?
1: Uh, no, no, I am I'm, I'm, i don't even know where I'm on. I'm on there somewhere during be the night. So what about in your youth? Were you a,
0: a fighter in your youth? Did you get into the brawls a bit? Um, sort of, it's it's funny because
1: uh, I, I never really saw myself... Um, uh, as a, as a fighter or anything, but I did get in a lot of fights, but everyone sort of did did in the area. So, you know, there's always a lot of fights, and, and I boxed since I was like a little kid. So, um, was yeah. dad a boxer? Um, he, I think he had a couple, yeah. He, yeah. He, he did, you know, fought like uh, shamans and and stuff oh, a of times. that's yeah. amazing,
0: wasn't it? The shaman tent shows, yeah. yeah. My yeah. grandfather did that as well, yeah, on mum's uh, side, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but, but, but he fought a lot, dad. So, he was he got in a lot of trouble for fighting all the time
0: it was amazing wasn't it shamans um, you know the the carnival had come to town or whatever and mm. the, the boxing tent show and any young buck would be able to sort of step up and have a go yeah, <laughs> <of the> boxes <laughs> to it. yeah wouldn't go down to now. now. so how did you enter the world of comedy because uh, you've been doing it for about what 15 years no no 20 no 20, 23 23
1: wow yeah, yeah so another 23 years but uh, as I said earlier I never wanted to be a comedian and uh I wasn't working at the time and, you know, I was sort of hanging with probably, you know, people I shouldn't have been sort of hanging out with. And I just went to a comedy show at the Esplanade Hotel in St Kilda Uh uh, on a Sunday. And, um, well, I had a few drinks and stuff and, you know, they said, oh, we'll see this comedy. And uh, they said, you should do that. You're you're pretty funny. You should jump up and do some comedy. Because I had a couple of drinks. I go, I could do that.
0: Pretty funny. Why? Because you used to tell jokes. Yeah, I just
1: joke around, around, you know. And I said, I could do that. Easy. They go, you wouldn't do it. I said, I'll do it, you know. And the old, you know, like the fight, you know, but you would. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I told myself into these things. Yeah. <laughs> So So um, I didn't even know what you called it at the time. I just got, went up to the, the I said, who, who runs the, the comedy? And uh, they said, oh, this guy in the corner. So I went and seen him. I said, "Any chance to jump up and uh, tell some funny stuff. Didn't even know how to, how to say it, you know. And he said, oh, you done comedy before? I went, yeah. So whereabouts? I went, Adelaide. And he goes, oh, I'll see what happens. And, had uh, you or was that the main? No, 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 yeah, because yeah, if I said no, he'd probably yes. not put me on. So yeah. you had to pretend you had some yeah. credentials. Yeah. So then he came up to me and said, um, uh, "You're first up." So that's how I started.
0: Great. Yeah. And did you go well? Or?
1: At the time, I thought I did great, but uh, that was recorded, and it's horrible. <laughs> it's absolutely horrible. Did it, go, but, did it go on a bit too long? Or? Uh, oh, it's just, it's just, uh, oh, just bad. It's and it's funny because. I looked, uh, because I've been doing it so long, I looked at a lot of my material and stuff. And, and it's because of the world I was in at the time. So a lot of the stuff I, I talked about, I would never talk about sort of now. But at, at the time, that's sort of the, the world you're in, how you talk and how you see things. Yeah, um, yeah I watch it now, I just cringe. I'm like, oh, it's, like that. it's so horrible. But yeah, it's... Um, but, you know, but I loved it. So as soon as I got up there, it's funny because um, I got up there and I knew that's what I wanted to do, you know? I just yeah as soon as i got up there i I just loved it and as soon as i got off stage i said where can i do this again you know i just wanted to do it again and again yeah
0: is it a tough scene to break into
1: absolutely yeah Yeah. Yeah. so you've got to go to a lot of
0: open mic nights and tryouts and hopefully be spotted or
1: yeah well I'll, I'll, i'll sort of forget how hard it is now you know um and it's i'm i'm understanding it probably more now because my son's doing comedy as well oh right. yeah and um and i see how hard and one of my, my good friends he's he's doing comedy as well so i watch their progress and you know, i got a lot of the open mic rooms with them now like i'm doing one tonight as well so because my son's doing it, so i'm doing it tonight no, with simple. him so yeah but i get ringed into jumping up all the time if well. i'm like what am i doing this for but but it's good too because actually it's it's good to keep me fresh but uh, but watching it, you, you forget because at the time, because I enjoyed it so much, I never really thought about doing it as a career. I just loved doing it. So I just wanted to jump up and, and do it all the time and then things just happen. Um, but then when you sort of watch people just work so hard these rooms, you know, it, it, is, it, is, it is tough because you have to constantly um, do these small rooms um, and the way I explain it is once you do these small rooms, you want to sort of get noticed in these small rooms, even though the audience is only like, you know, 10 people, 20 people. But once you sort of get noticed in them, then you move into the rooms where there's like 40 people and, yeah. So, you... so you're talking about the rooms. Are, are they uh, pubs
0: which are hosting these nights or yeah, venues like the comedy club? And
1: Yeah, normally, normally like pubs and, and stuff like that. Uh, and then once you sort of... Uh, get out of those ones because they're very hard to anyone to see in those rooms because no one, no one sort of goes. But yeah. you want to sort of get, get the best you can. So when you get an opportunity at, at places like, say, the Comics Lounge or Comedy Clubs or Comedy Store or uh, anywhere that you go, when you get that chance to get up and do that first five minutes, you just want to really kill. So then people start noticing you. So once you start doing that, that's when you start getting paid.
0: So really hone your craft in those rooms, yeah. the pubs, and then yeah, hopefully be invited to perform it.
1: Yeah. yeah, and because and I've seen, which which happens, I've seen people do really well in all these rooms. They get that opportunity and they just have a terrible gig Then they go back, they have to go back and go through it all again. You know, So if you had a bad gig at one of those good rooms, you know, it can take a year, two years before you're back there again because that first impression just sticks in people's heads. So how do you
0: write a routine? Um, you, you, know, you Say you reflect on your own personal experiences, but you're just driving along one day and you think of, oh, that happened. And then you go on... 100%. So how do you then craft it? How do you sort of make it funny?
1: You know, 100%. Well, uh, I do a lot of it. It's funny because I was telling someone that I don't write, which I don't write now, but I used to write all the time. So um, I was telling new comics that I won't write because you don't. I said, no, 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 write. You have to write. You have to write all the time. I said, I still should write now. But because I do so many gigs, if I have an idea, I can work stuff on stage. Because right. I've got so many opportunities to, to do it, I said. But I, really, if I had more time, I'd be writing stuff down, and you know, and I should be recording myself. And, and yeah, stuff. absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. because they're your archives. There, that stuff a- absolutely. You come and back I, and to I when you're older, and yeah. you just check or your son might like to inherit a few. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know. But I don't. And I should because there's. I, I forgot one of the uh, places I work at a lot. The the comics lounge. Uh, the owners there, you know, one of them knows my routines from years ago and I forget and you will say do this routine I said I can't even remember it so he'll actually tell me the routines because I forget because you do so much and you change things all the time you start to forget so I really should start making records of. I, I remember seeing a documentary
0: do. on Joan Rivers and she had this huge filing system that. did yeah. you see that yeah. she'd, you know A, B, C, D yeah. and she'd go dogs, dogs so she'd look up D dogs and all these jokes yeah. that she'd written about dogs or,
1: yeah. yeah amazing yes yeah, so I really should but what I love the best thing about comedy I, I like to ad lib and uh, and if something just happens, a story just happens. I like to sort of work that and do it. But sort of, I feel weird because sometimes when I do something, this, routines I've done for years and years, but some routines I will do for a while, I sort of just get sick of it and don't want don't want to do it anymore. But ad libbing
0: and, and and working, I mean, that's great euphoria. There's nothing. I like love it. That feeling. I love it. Yeah. But if you bomb, it's pretty shitty.
1: Yeah. Well, that that's why you have those uh, rehearsed ad libs. So if the, if the um, I'll say a few questions and then i I'll, I'll, I'll try to find something you know and then just add leave and stuff and then I'm loving it and it's great but sometimes every time you hit something they're just you know there's nothing there yeah. so then I'll have those backup things they get a couple of laughs then I'll move on and just go into material or whatever but when you get people and everything's you know sometimes oh, just the, you know, the stories and how people meet you know they they do it all for you you just uh, highlight it and yeah. yeah. But yeah. I love it too. Sometimes I surprise myself when I say something. I go, Gee. I even sat on stage sometimes. I go, hey, how quick was that? That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Relish it didn't, with the didn't, audience. didn't think I was capable of thinking of that. That was, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Do you get nervous before you go on? Not anymore. Um, I probably maybe just before stage, but I'll, I'll talk about it like a sort of a, a ride in an amusement park that you enjoy. You know, you might get that sort of uh, anticipation before the gig but I don't get nervous like uh, when, when I first started I can remember like I'd have a gig in four weeks time and I'd be sitting at home looking at the clock saying oh, in exactly four weeks <laughs> I mean it would make me nervous all the way back then Yeah, yeah. Um, but now I just because yeah, I'm doing gigs all the time I, f- I forget a lot of times so I've even got a gig that night you know I'll, I'll check my doctor oh i got to go soon you know and my my, it's funny because my wife's used to me but other people think it's crazy because people sit there and say what are you doing on the weekend and i go i don't know they said you got a gig and i said yeah they said whereabouts i said i I don't know you know and i said they said what do you mean you don't know it's only two days time i said yeah i don't sort of i know roughly where the gig is i know if it's like an interstate gig or or something like that but i don't like to look too far ahead because then you start to say i know i got the gig so i'll check like the day before i'll work out everything and yeah. And sometimes I'm flying off somewhere and uh, my wife won't even know. She goes, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, oh, I'm flying out. i like, <laughs> she's like, you know, but she's used to me now but other people think it's really weird, you
0: know, yeah. Do comics have agents or managers? Yeah, absolutely, we, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, right, so they handle all those bookings and gigs and yeah, yeah, for
1: you. I do all the stuff of mine. I work through like a few different agencies. I actually book um, shows and uh, acts for like a few agencies as well now. But when I was younger, I had a management and plus agents that I work for. But uh, I think I've been doing that long, you know, for no point giving someone 15, 20 percent, something I can just ring up and do myself. So I just do everything myself now. Yeah. Yeah. Plus now, a lot of people contact me because I'm friends with everyone. You know, I've been friends with like different comics for like 23 years. So if there's a show or and because I do a lot of shows, they sort of trust me. So they just ring me and say, we want to put on a show, you know, how much and just tell us the lineup. So I'll do that.
0: Right. Yeah. Um you've had opportunities to see a lot of the world through mm-hmm. through your comedy work um including uh, working with the australian Defense Force mm-hmm. you went to Afghanistan yeah East Timor yeah what's that like um, it's great it's really yeah. Re- rewarding yeah, yeah i mean you've you've got an audience who's going to really yeah. appreciate that you've taken the time to to travel and and risk well danger yeah were you cautious of of what you might have been going into
1: uh well, it's it's always there, yeah. you know. I, I won't lie to you that you know you sort of know because they tell you too, you know. They say you know we do everything to make you safe and, and stuff like that. But you are going to a war zone, you know. And uh, when you fly into Afghanistan, the first day they take you through training, and you know they show you how to use tourniquets to if your limb gets blown off, and uh, <laughs> how to use guns if something happens, and you know they say everything's gonna be fine, but. You know, if something does happen and, you know, people are coming and there's a weapon there, you've got to pick it up. Got to are you
0: Are you thinking, I can feel a routine? Know,
1: yeah, Well, you do. Everything's a routine. Yeah. I had a friend, I just toured with him recently. He lives in the UK now. But um, I remember when I first started doing comedy, he was a, a established comedian already. And he said to me, and I think he brought this up to him when we were on tour recently. Because I said, you know, he would have said to me and people, so he probably doesn't remember. But it resonated with me. Uh, I only done probably about four, or five gigs at the time, but I got off stage and he said, "You'll be a comedian." I go, "Well, what? what does that mean?" You know, he said, "You can just see it on stage with, with different people," and he said, "But you know," I said, "Oh, that's good." And he goes, "Well, it's not really." He said, "Because now your life would change." He said, "Because everything you see is a, it's a comedy routine." You know, everything you do, you know, you just start to you, you can't, can't relax. You're you always analyze. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah. You can't. You can't enjoy. You can't sit there and watch a comedian like you used to you know because you deconstruct the routines you can't you know see you know watch a a movie or go to a party without always thinking comedy and it's true and you do you constantly think comedy you're always working you know even even with like sad things you sit there and say gee that's terrible but if this happened that's actually quite funny you know and you're going why am i thinking that you know so yeah it's weird um,
0: Afghanistan again do you actually fly in do the gig and then fly out or no, are you, you stay. you're there staying there for a few days yeah, yeah right. you stay
1: stay for two weeks oh really okay yeah. and then there's shows
0: nightly or
1: um, yeah there's a few because sometimes you go to you go to different camps right you know so um, uh, I think we went to four camps four different camps uh, so you stay there and you sort of uh, and that, that's why it's it's rewarding but um yeah, I was never, you know, no one's a fan of war, I guess, uh, you know, so I was never, never really a fan of sort of, you know, you used to sort of see stuff on TV and like, yeah, you know, sort of, you know, you think sort of warmongers and, and stuff like that. When you do the gigs with people and you see what people sacrifice and stuff, and not just for, for Australia, people that defend their country in any country, uh, for any nation. So it's quite a noble thing. They do make a lot of sacrifices, you know, um, You know whether the war's right or wrong or anything like that. That's sort of, um, you know, beside the point. They, these people, you know, they're, you know, they've got these whole lives. The people just sort of see them as uniforms, but they've got these whole lives. So when you spend time in the barracks with them, hearing their stories and, you know, them showing you pictures of their kids, and sometimes they just had you know, like a newborn baby and they can't, they're not going to see it for, you know, six months or maybe never see it. And they talk about friends that, that were killed and stuff. Yeah, it really sort of, uh, it makes you appreciate what, what people do. The sacrifices that... They 100%, yeah, yeah, that I never saw before. So uh, that was quite humbling for me. And um, so, and then for them to, because they gave me like a award, I got a little medal at home. They, you know, I sent me a few like little medals and stuff. And I feel... Um, yeah i feel like i don't deserve it for what people go through but then they sit there and say no absolutely you're doing you know you're you know you're, you're here and yeah you know but you sit there and go, yeah but i'm here two weeks you know a little bit different yeah. you know but it's really nice what they say and uh yeah so yeah very humbling and i felt quite a, you know privileged that i've got a chance to go over
0: were there any hairy moments when you thought oh shit
1: yeah, explosions well, and things well or? then there was a code black which means there's an attack on the compound
0: right mm. so then you have to go and. Lock yourself away? or
1: No, well, they said this, I'll, I'll talk about this on stage. Yep. Uh, we're there, the commanding officer got it, myself and two other entertainers and said, okay, it's a code black, which is higher than code red. And I'm like, okay, well, what's that? They said, well, basically, uh, we're in our Kabul and they said there's uh, the Taliban can kind of run down from the hills and they fire rockets huh? into the compound, then they run off again. And I'm like, what? Are you serious? He goes, yeah. You know, I go, this wasn't the brochure. <laughs> no one's talking about this. You know, he's going, oh look, don't don't worry about it. You know, you, you probably won't even notice it and, and stuff like that. And uh, you know, just make sure you got your body armor. You know, I said, oh, body armor was that? Will that protect you from like the the rockets? He's got no, no, no. But it make you feel better. You know, so just make you got it on and you know. And they just said it like all sort of blasé. But I said, but don't worry, they're terrible shots. You know, yeah, <laughs> and. Um, so I'm thinking he's just joking around yeah. but then the other guy said no no that you know truly are terrible shots they, they, they try to hit the airstrip there's a little airstrip so they keep trying to hit that and he said last time there's an attack instead of hitting the airstrip over there they hit the building over there and the building I'm, this isn't even exaggerated it's got big holes in it right. from where mortars are hit it where it's actually been uh, from being attacked and uh, then I think for a second I go hang on isn't that same building we're sleeping in him? you know the guy me straight in the eye and goes yeah but what's the chances I'm hitting it twice yeah slightly you know? <laughs> <doesn't start> twice <laughs> You know, so they just take, and it's funny because the alarms went off. So when the alarms go off, you're supposed to duck down and and stuff like that. But because they know the area, because the compounds are pretty big, you know, and there's only a certain range that they know, where rockets can go and, yeah. and stuff like that. So um, one of the alarms went off, and uh, myself and another comedian were coming off. Um, uh, we're one of the airstrips and stuff. And we're going like, we're we supposed to be getting down. We're like going down the ground Everyone's looking at us like, well, oh, you know, they go, no, no one can't be attacked here, you know, because they know that they're safe in that area, yeah. you know. But just the way they're looking at us, we're like, oh, so we're we, we supposed to go down, or you know. Yeah. So well, this is a
0: classic example of humour being used as a coping mechanism. In order Absolutely. To get you through Absolutely. the moment. Yeah. yeah.
1: I actually did uh, psychology. I went, I went uh, back to uni and was doing uh, psychology. I worked as a psychologist for a little while in a prison as well. Oh, great. Yeah. But, um, bit of material there. Yeah. But I actually, um, uh, I started my uh, thesis proposal from my PhD. And uh, in that, I was actually, that's that was actually my topic, is how... Um, uh, Humour is used to... A coping strategy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. For, for trauma. Yeah. yeah. So, um, hopefully, uh, when I get sort of not so busy now comedy, I'll get back and... Hopefully complete that. Finish yeah. your PhD. Yeah. Excellent.
0: You copped a bit of flack for some personalities that you've worked with over the Absolutely. Time. Absolutely. I'm talking about a tour you did with Mark Chopper-Reed yep. and the disgraced AFL agent Ricky Nelson and uh, Warwick Kappa, who's, I'm yeah. I'd assume a good bloke. Why did you cop the flack? Um,
1: um, surely you were just, just doing a gig? Yeah, well, it's um, yeah. It's, well, even with um, doing the gigs to the Troops, I copped a lot of yeah a lot of people sort of sent messages and you know so oh really saying, yeah absolutely People because saying, they thought you were supporting a war effort yeah all. 100% oh. you know I even had uh, you know friends that you know people that you know I quite like and respect and stuff send me messages saying you're supporting people killing kids and, and stuff like that um, yeah so you know it's not nice to sort of read those things and um, same as with when I toured with Chopper, people said that. Um, uh, with Ricky Nixon, you know, people said me and would say the same sort of uh, oh, thing. I said Ricky Nelson. Yeah, Ricky Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> Nixon. Yeah, Kappa. People don't really criticise like Kappa. I, I like Kappa. He's, he's he's quite funny. But you know, like I always treat people how people treat me. You know, and um, and not just with with uh, those guys. Probably everyone I know. You know, but people all got, you know, um, a past or things that they've done that they're not sort of proud of and, and stuff like that. So, well, well, what was Chopper
0: like? I mean, I know he's done some pretty dreadful things, but I'm just fascinated. There must be some sort of humanity behind the bloke too because he, didn't he write some children's storybooks? and Yeah, but I, right? I, I don't
1: know how... You don't know how real... I, yeah, how it I, was. I have, have no idea, but it's... Uh, yeah, but it, like, he, he was always, like, nice to me, you know, yeah. Chopper. You know, I, I never sort of saw that other side of him. He would... Um, uh, like if we did a, a gig somewhere, and uh, like I remember I had to go to another show, so I said I'll take my car, and I had we were pulling over and I was getting petrol in the car, and he come gave me money for petrol, and I said I'm doing another gigs, so you don't have to pay for my petrol because normally I come with you and stuff, you know? He goes no no no, and he'd always pay for like um, uh, like food and stuff when we'd go on tour, which we didn't have to do. Or I ask about my family and stuff, so, you know. And I knew sort of, um, like, when you tour and stuff with him with his wife and his son and stuff like that, so you get to, you know, sort of see a different side of people. You know? And it's
0: um, interesting, isn't it, that uh, Eric Banner, who was a mm. stand-up comic, had that great success playing Chopper in that film. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah he did a great role in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you work blue? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Okay. I can do clean as well, but... Oh, Okay. Yeah but do you find working blue is funnier or? Uh,
1: it's not that it's funnier. It's funny cause I, for a few years, I never swore in my routine. Cause I used to work at a theater restaurant. And uh, so I just didn't swear in the routine. So I got used to not swearing in a routine. Um, and then because I sort of, you know, I got influenced by a lot of people in my comedy, especially earlier days as well. So I really didn't know who I was. You know, I probably still don't know who I am. You, you always you know, you're always learning, always, you know, uh, developing and, and changing. But in my early days of comedy, um, when I first started doing comedy, uh, different comedians said, oh, you shouldn't talk about being from Footscray and, you know, the western suburbs. And it's funny now because now Footscray is like a trendy area. But like at the time, no one, you know, but they said, oh, just people won't trust you. People won't, you know, they'll see you differently. the other side of the tracks. And- yeah, so people always used to bring that up. So I stopped and I used to wear tracksuits suits and, and stuff like that and gold jewelry. So I stopped doing all that and I started wearing suits and, uh, Stop swearing. So I sort of changed who I was. When I, was, I started uh, doing youth work two days a week, and when I was doing youth work, I'd see these young kids, uh, you know, they're, they're smart and stuff like that, but, you know, people sort of, um, you know, their whole lives are told and they're dumb and, you know, they couldn't achieve things. And uh, I felt like I was doing injustice to them by pretending I was somebody else. So then I just sat there and said, you know, I just want to be me. So now I'm on stage... You know i'll swear but a lot of my routines i don't need to swear i swear just because I, I enjoy swearing uh and i swear a lot but i actually say i, I talk how i would at like a, a barbecue or if i had a few friends over for drinks that's how i see my audience i just want to have fun with them and not really think about sort of what i'm saying and well
0: yeah. i guess there's blue you know when, when you are swearing within it and then there's blue where the content of the joke is yeah, really yeah. sort of off or you're not necessarily like that. You nah, just nah, use the
1: odd nah. F. I have here. been, right. I have been, but right. yeah, but, but probably not now. Right. You know, and you know, i a lot, it's Swearing also, I, I
0: imagine, I, I like to swear as well. Mm. Yeah. But it just it helps with a punctuation of a joke, uh, the, the colouring of a joke. You know, why did the chicken cross the road? Yeah, funny. Mm. Why'd the fucking chicken cross
1: <laughs> the road? <fucking laughs> yeah. Um, but, but what it is too, what I found as well is when I talk to people like at the end of shows and stuff, sometimes when I've done clean shows because of, um, uh, you know, again, being influenced by other people, which you shouldn't, but, you know, especially in my early earlier time i would be very sort of influenced because i didn't want to sort of piss people off but you know you'd have sort of people say well someone so's here and so you know keep it pretty clean and and stuff so you try to do it but then you talk to people then the end of the show and they go you know like it throws uh, off your
0: rhythms and your yeah. timing
1: and, you but know. also too you get people that they want a night out and mm-hmm. they've had you know they've got kids and stuff so they've been you know you know watching what they say or they've been at conferences where they watch what they had to say and stuff and they just want to get into a comedy club and want to hear a little bit of naughty stuff. They yeah. want to hear a little bit, you know, yeah. and I've had people say it to me, you know, oh, yeah, you know. I saw you another time and yeah, tonight you're a bit, you know, I want to hear a bit of naughty stuff. You yeah. know, we're an adult. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not kids. I'm around kids all the time. I, I want to hear that.
0: What about when your family go along to see you?
1: Oh, they think I'm terrible. <laughs> I
0: was just thinking of your mother, you know, we, we do all They sorts haven't
1: seen me much. My, like uh, my dad, um, my dad come and see me when he was drinking. And um, I barred him from coming to any more shows. he came come twice. He brought idiot friends. and. Did they heckle? You know, no, they didn't, didn't heckle, but one of his mates wanted to fight after the show, fight people oh, and, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and my sister come and heckled me, and they were going to kick my sister out. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah. But mum's always been good, yeah. you know. But uh, she's only been to a couple of shows, I think. Oh, we'll have to get her back there. Yeah. What's the toughest gig you've done? The toughest... Um,
0: Is it a memory in your...
1: Yeah, I'll talk about it. Someone said to me uh, a while ago when we, I brought this up, they said, you probably do this gig now and it'd be easy for you. But at the time, uh, again, inexperience. I did a corporate gig, one of my first uh, corporate gigs. And it would just been um, ill-prepared. They rang up and they said, "Oh, it's a, um, uh, it's a corporate gig for a real estate firm. I said, okay. And I was at the Royal Craig Hotel, I think in Ballarat or Bendigo or somewhere. And Craig's Hotel, yeah. Ballarat, yeah. yeah. It's Ballarat, is it? Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking it's a pub, right? You know, so, but it's like, beside, is it beside the region? Opposite the theatre. Oh, opposite, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so it's nice. It's got these nice rooms Beautiful upstairs. Beautiful big rooms. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. Yeah, so I'm thinking it's just some pub for real estate agents. I said, I don't want, I don't want to overdress, you know, and, and stuff. So I just wore like jeans and a T-shirt. I get there, it's all black tie. They've got all these, like, this big uh, room. It's all fancy. Um, I'm sitting there going, okay, I think about it. They, they didn't want to let me in. And I said, oh, I'm the comedian. They go, oh, are you supposed to dress up? And I said, oh, I didn't, didn't think it was going to be this fancy. I thought it was at a pub, you know. And uh, so I, I sat down. They let me a little part of this corner where I could sit. Uh, then the guy got up and said, oh, you know, first we'll toast the queen. <laughs> and I thought he was joking, so I laughed. <laughs> right? And everyone just, like, stared at me. Uh, Because what it was, was was all the heads of uh, these real estate, uh, this real estate organization. So it's all like CEOs. From all over Victoria or something? uh, All over the world. Oh, right. Well, well, um, uh, sort of, um, uh, uh, sort of, uh, well, not Regional. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Sort of, what is it? Yes. Australasia. Australasia, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. You know, so, uh, and everyone was probably like 65 plus. Uh, the age group. So, um, yeah, so I got up and then the, the first couple of minutes I was doing all right, but then they brought out desserts and people started eating desserts and everyone just their focus just went straight to their food. And so I said, oh, if I start talking to them, I could probably draw their attention back. So I went up to a guy and said, oh, hey, hey mate, you know, what, what's your name and stuff? And he looked at me and goes, I'm not the entertainment, you are, so entertain. <laughs> 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 so I go hey, okay uh, yeah so it's just a horrible gig and uh, but then I was I'm sitting there saying uh, okay I'm not doing well and at the time they wanted to u- uh, legalize euthanasia in Darwin and uh, I said oh, h- h- here about uh, which I wouldn't do this again but because I said my gigs are bad anyway so you know I'm going down in flames so I said, I um, oh, hear they want to legalize euthanasia in Darwin. You know, anyone agree with that? No one's answering me. I said, I reckon do one better. I just legalize it. Make it compulsory to anyone over the age of 65. And there would only be like two people here. And I'd be having a good gig. Oh, no. Yeah. And they just like, they hated me. Yeah. And it's the first time to this day I finished and uh, no one clapped. Like one person clapped. And then someone like looked at, just did this. Don't you dare clap. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, and it was horrible. And They didn't want to pay me as well so it's just yeah, that, that that was a nightmare gig and i've probably done worse but that really resonated because i was the first time working for this agency that i wanted to work for um yeah first time people didn't want to pay me first time no one clapped at the end first time they toasted the queen and i tell i told people about toasting the queen that it never happened again and about two years ago happened again and uh again terrible gig so if I'm at a gig and someone says, let's taste the Queen, I reckon I'm walking You're out. You're going to walk out. <laughs> <laughs> now, I can edit this out
0: if it doesn't go well. Yeah. If I threw a topic at you, could you give me a joke? Probably not. No? No.
1: All right. We'll
0: not You might try, I think. I thought I'd be a smartass. You know, uh, I could probably
1: tell a story about it. What, what, what's oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. All, right, All right. Sausages. The Sausages. No, I've got nothing. Right. <laughs> school. Oh, I've got lots of uh, things about school, you know. It's, uh, well, the it stories were cool. Well, I'd sort of uh, I liked, liked Year 12 so much, I did it twice. Uh, uh, very good, very good. All right. That was a
0: mean thing to do. <laughs> um, now you, uh, are you still an ambassador for the Salvation
1: Army in, in for, the, for the Yeah, for the Lead Tenant Program. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think they're actually wrapping it up. I just did a gig from, uh, when was it? Probably about four months ago. So I think the program's um, wrapping up at right. the moment, so. So what did that involve, what was the program? Uh, what it was it was uh, getting housing for uh, homeless youth right. and stuff, and but not just. But the good thing about the program is uh, not just uh, housing and stuff. It was actually teaching them a lot of skills that they needed. Uh, and, and I did this when I was doing youth work as well. What people don't realise, especially with um, uh, young young people, are sort of having you know sort of you know being kicked out in the street, or if they've had like issues, and you know even them sometimes have been sort of. Um, you know, sort of foster care, or being locked up because they've, you know, done a few things wrong. When they're actually on their own, they don't have a lot of skills that people sort of just take for granted yeah. i used to give like uh, food vouchers so you know i'd go down and help them shop and it was like you know because you know they sit there and go you got a hundred dollars to do your shopping you know and they'd buy like all these snacks and stuff uh, like that'd be 80 dollars worth of chips, like
0: chips and coke and yeah, snacks yeah
1: yeah mm-hmm. you know like all these like you go you've got to think of food you've got to think you've got you to think of the you know, so just budgeting and stuff like that so they, they you know it's actually quite a really good program
0: yeah um do you have a regular gig uh, yeah, where we can catch you.
1: Yeah, I do the Comic lounge every Tuesday night if I'm not on tour. Right. So I do that every Tuesday night, and Tuesday nights great. I love love Tuesday nights. You know, it's 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 like um, I host it, uh, but it's uh, it's pro comedians doing new material. I know it's a mouthful, but uh, so basically, uh, yeah, it's all pro acts. But people just come down and run material, or if they have got like a gala coming up or anything like that. Um, they'll sort of like the Logies like usually will come down and go over your stuff for the Logies and, oh terrific yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good so, like a, a dress rehearsal or something yeah so people pop in and the names like um, uh, the, uh, Tuesday just passed you know Dave Thornton um, Nazim Hassan uh, come down um, a, a guy from the US uh, Maz uh, Jabroni come down but yeah just acts pop in all the time Fiona Lachlan was on a couple of uh, weeks ago come down so yeah I love Tuesdays Tuesdays a lot of fun and it sells. It packs, packs out.
0: Now, before we finish, we should actually say hello to our mothers. Yeah. Yeah. So, hello, hello, Lorna. <laughs> hello,
1: hi, Nancy. Hi, Mum. Yeah. And hi, hi, Lorna. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love that. Um, look, all the best with this fight on August second. Uh, I hope it's not too painful. or yeah. look, afterwards, I suppose is when the pain might kick in.
1: Yeah. Uh, afterwards, I'm going straight to
0: McDonald's. I can't wait for that. Well, hopefully he's like the Taliban. He's not a good shot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. thanks, hey, sir. boom, boom, boom. Oh, boom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you doing the entertainment, not me. Thank thanks,
1: Doug. No worries. Right, thanks, Pete.
0: And all the very best to Cousin Doug as he takes to the ring this Friday night. We'll certainly be thinking of it. If you enjoyed this conversation, you're bound to enjoy many more from the Stages Archive. You'll find conversations with the likes of Tony Lamond, Geraldine Turner, Caroline O'Connor, Ruthie Henschel, Donna Lee and Chloe Delamore. A legion of leading ladies and all with fascinating tales to tell across all stages. You can find the podcast on Wooshka, Spotify or in iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so that you may receive each new episode as it drops. As always, I'm Peter Ayers and you've been listening to another episode of Stages.